crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. Okay, what just happened? What just happened? The starters were dominant, and then somehow the game ended 7-5. to five. What just happened? Brewers win one of the... I. I I can't think of a wackier game off the top of my head. Now, there have been back-and-forth games, don't get me wrong, but just that eighth inning alone, what? That that was a, a full drama. That was wild. Brewers win. They move to three and a half games clear of the Cubs in the NL Central standings with 28 games to go. I'm Dom Catronio. Jeff Cirillo is with us here tonight. Uh, I'm sure, Jeff, there were plenty of folks that turned off the TV after top of the eighth inning when Trey Turner hit the three-run homer off of Devin Williams. And then the Brewers somehow, with two outs, down to their last strike in the eighth inning uh, of that frame with the bases loaded. Owen Miller just put the ball in play. And, I mean, Alec Bohm just flat-out missed it. And there's no other way to really describe it. And they somehow scored three runs out of it. And you blink, and boom, the Brewers win this game. they, quite frankly, were leading in for the majority of the contest. And I don't want to say it was a game they should have won, but with Willie hitting the homer and you're feeling like you're in cruise control with the bullpen, then they finally show cracks in the armor. Uh, I'm just still recovering, catching my breath from everything that happened in this one. Yeah, it must have been just a, a great night, just some emotions, right? I mean, uh, first first out of the game with the home run. Because all right, the Phillies coming to town. It's just probably like a playoff atmosphere out there. And we had two dominant starters you know, a playoff-type start from both starters. And like you said, you know, when the Brewers go up with the dominance, you feel like, okay, the game's in hand. And then just, you know, hats off to the Brewers, right? It's not like it's been a great comeback team this season. And, you know, especially after being up by three rounds and to give up the lead. So hats off to the team. And, you know, good things happen when you put the ball in play, right? It's it's all it takes, right? And this is the beauty of baseball, the beauty of our sport. You can't just run out the clock. You got to get all 27 outs. And today it came down to the 23rd out of when the Brewers uh, had the moment turned in their favor. They win 7-5. 855-616-1620. Again, that's the phone number. 855-616-1620 if you want to join us here on the show tonight. And I, I look at that eighth inning of the chaos, and I thought this was just going to be a just a perfect start to Craig Timber where he uses the manager button well. Uh, clearly, Yoel Piams didn't have it again today. We'll talk about him a little bit later. He pulls the levers and says, you know what? It's Trey Turner. He's been white hot. I got to go to my best here. He hasn't asked Devin Williams for a four-out save since May. I was totally fine with the move, and he hung a changeup, and Trey Turner out in front of it, barely hooks it fair down the left field line. And in that moment, I'm like, Man, I, I just hit my cap. I didn't know how to react to that because, yeah, Devin made a mistake. Trey Turner punished on it because that's what good players do. And it's one of those moments I'm not mad at Craig Council at all. That's that's exactly what you're supposed to do, right? You go to your best against the opposing team's best. Yeah, that's exactly the situation. There's a reason why Williams is up in the eighth inning for that scenario and for that at that. And you know, tip your cap to, to Turner, you know, like you said, he, he, he clipped the change up just out in front and just snuck it around the foul ball. But, you know, in those times, I mean, it was just a great game. It's one of those ones that maybe earlier in the season and, you know, when we're in June or, or, or mid, mid-day, whatever it was, and let's be like, oh, well, shoot, you know, we just lost the, lost the wind in our sail there. 
but then the, the crowd was just not like the crowd and just just pesky. Right? They just know how to win games, and, and you know I think that Craig pulled the right punch. It just didn't work. And then obviously we saw a dominant ninth inning from Williams. So. This was a, a, a game that really had everything. By the way, it was Craig Council's 690th career victory as manager of the Brewers. So he's 10 away from number 700. He's already the winningest manager in Brewers history. But the bottom of the eighth inning, you know, we, we talk about how leadoff walks always seem to come around and score. Well, leadoff singles aren't that bad either. With Monasterio, the bottom of the order. And put yourself in Andre Monasterio's shoes for a second here, right? The Brewers yesterday sign a veteran third baseman who's likely going to come for your job at some point if he gets off to a good start down in Nashville because you've had an awful month of August. Now you're here in September, and you spark the rally to get things going in that eighth inning. Uh, the Brewers got back to their game, right? Put the ball in play. Drew a couple of really tight walks. I thought the Carlos Santana at bat had everything, and then once again Craig pulling the button, pulling the levers, and hitting the buttons to pull Sal Freelicking against the lefty Alvarado and bring in Tyrone Taylor, who also worked an epic walk. Uh, that inning just bottled up the approach of that eighth inning and just spread it out for the rest of the month. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that Santana just again. I mean, we talked about this guy when he first came over, and. He- and I was just like, you know, give him a chance, right? You put this guy in a playoff, uh, get better and better. You know, I saw tons of times with the Indians last year, with the, with the Mariners, and now he's right in the middle of everything with the Brewers. But, you know, it's, it's more of the guys, you know, like you said, Monasterio getting the leadoff, leadoff knock, you know, it's just right. Well, you just got gut punched with the home run, and you get Monasterio just comes right back with a base hit to just start it up, and then Taylor's. You know, epic walk and, uh, and great base running. They're just really um, just the epitome of a, of a roster win tonight. We'll put the uh, we'll play the interview here in a little bit. Lane Grindle caught up with Tyrone Taylor after the game today as well, but he says he didn't even realize the ball got through Bohm until he reached second base and he heard the crowd keep on cheering, so he just kept on running. And then he realized Jason Lane was going to send him, so he just kept going, and then he looked up and he was safe. So it happened. Very quickly for him, the Brewers win seven to five. They are now they have now won three of the four games against the Phillies, which is significant for postseason implications. Because you know, just putting some sandbags down here, in the event the Brewers fall out of the NL Central and they become a wild card team, that they are now going to be relying. If they win this series, they will have the tiebreaker head to head on the Phillies. In the event they have the same record at the end of the year, but now they guaranteed at least a split, which means the first tiebreaker would be divisional record if they end up 3-3. Three and three. So the Brewers are likely going to have the edge in that regard as well. This this win had more implications than you think, and they made sure to not waste an epic start from Freddie Peralta. We'll get to him a little bit later as well. I also want to talk about the fact that Willie Adamas, you know, the swing he put on that ball in the fourth inning off Zach Wheeler, who looked dominant today, you, you see it in flashes, right? I know he only went one for four tonight, but that swing looked like the old Willie Adamas of what we're used to. Yeah, right. It was a ball that he stayed on. He got over the plate, and he stayed on it, and it didn't get too long. That's the only thing that, that, that I think this guy just gets a little big in his swing, and, and you got a guy like Wheeler, and he made a mistake. But, you know, again, this is what he did in years past, where he would be the big big hit, big hit you know, late in games like last year, and he would be the guy that would be getting the big hits or the big home runs. And uh, so hopefully this is something uh, of things to come. You know, we've talked about it before. Like you said, he shows glimpses of this. You know, you just sometimes worry when 
when a guy like him hits a home run, you know, and it hits it just, just, I mean, he feeds the moment, but then you just don't want him to get those big swings again. This is a guy that can turn the game in the moment. And by the way, that inning began by putting the ball in play. William Contreras leking out an infield single and what was a very nice play by Trey Turner. Uh, as we wrap up this first segment, put, you know, I feel bad for Alec Bohm. I really do. And this this is something that he went through last year, obviously, when cameras caught him mouthing, I hate this bleeping place, talking about Philly, getting booed, making another error. He had three errors in a game. He stood up to the media. Then he got cheered the next day because it's Philly. But, I mean, you got to feel so lonely over there. By all the defensive metrics, he is the worst defensive third baseman in baseball. And of all the times, you know, he says he probably wishes he could have made that error in the second inning when nobody was noticing. Of all the times to make that error, it turns out to be the difference of the game. What What's it feel like in that moment uh, of just, if you're watching that as a teammate, I saw Kyle Schwarber was the first guy to greet him back in the dugout. But this is, unfortunately, a part of the story with Alec Bohm is his struggles with defense. Yeah, it's one of those things until he heals, heal a little bit for the Phillies, right? So, so short between the outfielding of them out there at third base. Uh, it's one of those ones, I mean, you, you, you take the lead, and then, you know, do you think you maybe have, like, a, a defensive replacement for one of your young stars? But, you know, you can only have so many defensive replacements on your team. So it's just one of those things. He's a young guy, and, and he's got to get better. He's going to find himself uh, with a first baseman's glove on. I thought it was pretty ironic, though, of course, that the last play of the game is Bohm grounding out to third base to seal the Brewers' victory. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. This one from Josh in Milwaukee. The game signified September is here. It was a battle. I'm glad the Brewers got the wind. Is it a coincidence that Owen Miller made the difference in his first game back? Take a breather. Come back with more. I want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings all year long is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank, or excuse me, by Old National Bank. Old National Bank with a local Milwaukee team, Fifth Third Bank, also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities. It's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. More to come after this on WTMJ. 855-616-1620, Brewers win 7-5 somehow. <laughs> what a night. This text from Casey in Blanchardville. Happy to see the Brewers form a rally. This will definitely be a confidence booth going through the tough weekend matchup. Seems like ever since Freelich has come up, they've been taking more pitches and seeing the ball better. And uh, I, I can certainly agree with that. I think the Brewers have been really sound in their approaches as of late. I'm Dom Catronio. Jeff Cirillo is with us. Uh, of all the chaos in that eighth inning, and that's obviously the big part of the story today, what's lost with focusing on that eighth inning is how great Freddie Peralta looked again today. Seven starts now. He's been awesome, Jeff. In fact, he's now got 69 strikeouts over his last seven starts. That is a new Brewers franchise record. What jumps out to you about what's been working for Freddie? How has he been getting guys out, and uh, how has his develop taken a massive step forward over the last two months? I think that he's just uh, he, he's starting to, to just shine as far as throwing strikes and comfortable throwing strikes, not having that big inning that we saw in the first half, where it would be a, a mechanical issue or a mental lapse. He's uh, he's attacking attacking the zone, and you know he was able to kind of survive early in the season just based on stuff, right? And he's flying by hitters, but he's totally stuff. This stuff was so great. 
now he's attacking hitters and he's learning a little slider. He's got his change up, throwing for strikes, and, and obviously he's got the, the electric fastball up in the zone. So he's just a dominant guy and, and just kind of feeding into the, the one, two, three. And like we've talked about, you know, they have a, they have a very formidable four man rotation in that starting rotation going into the playoffs. This team, I mean, Freddie, yes, he definitely struggled in the first half, but he's been rolling as of late. Again, 69 strikeouts, he has to be. I'm sure they'll announce it on Monday or Tuesday, the pitcher of the month for the month of August. He went a perfect 5-0. and He gets a no decision today, though, but he was certainly, he exited with the lead uh, when the Brewers were up 3-1. to And I, how about the resilience, too? I mean, Kyle Schwarber is one hell of a hitter. And I've respected his game for a very long time. He works an eight-pitch battle, gets a hanging curveball, and sends it into the loge level in right field. But then after that, Freddie only allowed one more hit. He retired the last 11 batters he faced. It was just dominant stuff. And Freddie just flipped the switch. It kind of was like that Rockies game he had when it was the Brewers nearly had a perfect game if it wasn't for the home run hit in the first inning by Ezekiel Tovar. It felt like that guy, again, is like, all right, solo homer, whatever. That's all you're going to get. And Freddie has really turned a corner on the mental side of thing, in my opinion. Oh, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, you got the Woodruff, you got the Burns, but this guy, I mean, uh, and we've talked about it many times, you know, when you go into Atlanta and you're like, are you kind of, Peak, peak with one eye open. You're like, oh, there they are. We're going to get Maddox. We're going to get Smoltz. We're going to get Glavin in this series. And uh, and I, I got to tell you that. And, and Miley is no slouch either, um, by the way. But but when you face those three guys, you know you better bring a lunch because it's going to be tough, and, and they're going to be stingy with the hits. The the numbers now for Freddie since the start of July read like this: over his last ten starts since July sixth, which was this all started against the Cubs. Ten starts, six and one record. The one loss was allowing six runs against the Braves on July twenty-first. Uh, other than that six-run outing and the other nine starts, he's only allowed eleven runs. He's also struck out ninety batters over the course of fifty-eight and a third innings. Uh, that plays, and over these ten starts, he's got one, two, three, four, five double-digit strikeout games, including two Baker's dozens. Uh, this is the guy the Brewers. We're banking on it at the start of the year, better late than never. And what excites me about Freddie is it seems like there's a new toy every time. It's been the changeup the last two outings. He's got seven whiffs on the changeup in back-to-back games. Uh, it's not just relying on the fastball, but the command obviously jumps out. No walks today for Freddie Peralta. That's a massive part of his game moving forward. He's learning his stuff, plays in the zone. He can be just fine not trying to get everybody to chase. He has chased stuff, but that's kind of the last hurdle for pitchers, right, in player development, Jeff, in that when you realize your stuff's good enough, not many guys have stuff like Freddie where it can work in the zone, and I think we're seeing Freddie really starting to tap into his potential. I mean, you, you want to make a comp basically for the season, I mean, or for this month anyway. I mean, just go back to maybe like a Pedro Martinez with a fastball, fastball change-up combo with that fastball that had a tremendous ride through the zone uh, with, with obviously great control, very stingy with the walks. And I think that the light's gone off, not only with, with the fact that, that all his stuff is playing, uh, but the fact that, well, I can attack the zone with my stuff. It's that good. And I'm just going to be stingy with my walks. I'm not going to give up a lot of hits based on the stuff that's coming out of my arm. And now I'm tinkering with, you know, a little slider and just, just kind of moving the ball. And now you're taking the, the next step in, a, in, in pitching advanced. 855-616-1620. I, I do want to give 
Uh, a hat tip to Zach Wheeler as well. He was fantastic. Take me into the batter's box here when Zach Wheeler, you know it's on the scouting report, elevated fastball, try to stay off of it. But when he's locating the top of the zone, right, if you take it, it's a cold strike, and you can't do anything with it. First of all, why is that pitch so appetizing to hitters, and why is it so hard to lay off of? Oh, it starts in batting practice, to be honest with you, because you got the BP guys thrown there, and he's throwing about 57 to 60 miles an hour, and he's throwing cookies at the top of the zone. And I would always say, like, man, guys, we got to fight to not swing at that pitch because in the game you're going you're gonna to be under split and swing at it. The problem with that is that when the umpires start, start calling it early in the count and you're, and you're trying to hammer the zone down, I mean, you do things, you know, silly, silly things like almost like tugging on your helmet, on your front of your helmet, like pulling the bill of your helmet down almost feel like you can't see the ball that's, that's elevated like that. Um, you know, granted, and, and a lot of times you'll see these umpires, they'll call that high strike early uh, in the at-bats, and then they won't call it later in the at-bats. But unfortunately, that they've already called it um, early, early in the bat, so it's kind of forcing you to swing at it. The uh, Zach Wheeler was great. Second consecutive start with 10-plus Ks and no walks for him, but he gets a no decision as well as the Brewers win 7-5. to five. Real quick, uh, what's your concern level right now with Yoel Piomps? Uh, the, the runs are partially charged to him on the home run by Trey Turner in that eighth inning. Uh, two of those three runs are, of course, on his ledger. Uh, he has struggled in the last month or so. What you know? Does he keep the eighth inning? What do you do if you're Craig Council? That's a great question. Uh, it's a question that you, you, you go. And bullpens are always difficult, obviously, other than maybe the closer. But uh, that, that seventh, eighth are very sacred, sacred territory. And, you know, the, the pitcher that you had might have had that was closing games or, or setting up games like think of Matt Bush, right? In the eighth inning, uh, you know, sometimes that those, those, those are musical chairs a little bit. But I have a feeling that, that, that he's going to stay with, with Piguero and Piance. I mean, Piguero had a little bit of a struggle there, too. So, I mean, but it's great to see that the Brewers, I mean, that they relied so heavily in the first half on those seven, eight, nine inning with those three guys. Uh, and it's great to see that, you know, bringing like, guys like Santana in there and Canna in there, you know, and it's having a, a residual effect on other guys. You know, you obviously knew that Yelich would, would give you quality at bats all the time and swing at strikes for the most part. But, you know, it's having a trickle-down effect on Freelich and, um, and even Taylor tonight. So, I mean, it's not just about the the bullpen now. You know, the, these guys are, are, are manning their posts as far as the offense goes, too. This has been uh, a stretch where the Brewers have obviously relied on their bullpen. It wasn't a one-run game. It looked like it was going to be a one-run game tonight. They win by two, and uh, I would love to see a, a healthy, effective Yoel Piomps heading into the end of the season as opposed to the struggles he's been running up. But, hey, everybody goes through a slump, and this is the first slump we've really seen from Piomps. Uh, the player of the game – is brought to you by the Salvation Army. Every day, the Salvation Army provides shelter meals and support to those in need, and your donations make a difference. Visit samilwaukee.org to help today. Overwhelmingly on Twitter, it went to Freddie Peralta. He's an easy pick. 75% of the vote went to Freddie. Six strong innings, 10 strikeouts for fastball Freddie. Take a breather. Come back with our difference-making moment after this on WTMJ. <laughs> Brewers win 7-5 somehow on an error from Alec Bohm, but kudos to the Brewers' offense for forming a rally in that eighth inning to give them a chance to set the stage. Owen Miller, who didn't even start the game, who came in to pinch hit, ended up uh, getting the 
Ball in play, obviously it's an error, no RBIs granted, but the Brewers win by a 7-5 final. Let's get to our difference-making moment. It's brought to you by NX Wealth Management, investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches and financial products you don't need. Know the difference. NX provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. Go to NXWealth.com. Jeff, take it away. What was your difference-making moment? I got, I got two. I'm going to have to go with uh, the Monasterio just getting, just, just, just answering back with a base hit to start the inning after you know the gut punch. But you know you got to give it up to Taylor in, in the long at bat and drawing that on that walk uh, in that in that that long at bat to just just to wait it out and and, and pass the torch. Yeah, it's got to be something in that eighth inning, to say the least. I'm going with Santana. I mean, he very quietly had a good game today. Two for three, scored twice, a couple of singles. Some really long at-bats. Remember, they had that 10-pitch at-bat early against Wheeler. Another six-pitch at-bat in the fourth inning. Then Wheeler finally got him in the uh, sixth inning. And he was just working counts, as we talked about earlier, a guy that fits the mold. And, you know, I I could definitely see some Brewers fans having visions of, oh, no, here comes a double play. And, And also don't lose sight of William Contreras understanding, hey, Alvarado's throwing a million. I hit lefties well. I go to the other way well. Let's just keep the line moving here and not be selfish. I've been so impressed with William Contreras's, you know, development. He has gotten better as the season has gone on. And I, I give the coaching staff a lot of credit, but I also want to make sure to give William a lot of credit because this had to be a, a new adventure for him, not really knowing a lot of the guys on this team. His brother was a rival of this team, so there may be some predetermined factors that aren't true about William, and he has been awesome and then some for the crew. Caught a great game tonight, obviously, as well. Uh, don't lose sight of that opposite field single to keep the line moving in the eighth. That's exactly right. And just like you said, Contreras is another guy. Who just, I mean, you can't even really call him unsung anymore. And just the hustle, hustle base hit. I mean, we're into September. And, you know, I mean, we, we sometimes take it for granted uh, that, that he's the catcher, right? But he still runs pretty good for a catcher, and he runs hard. He plays hard. Uh, but, again, like you said, it's the Santana. The Santana effect has been a real effect on this team. And just the approach that he gives every day. Uh, you know, the first maybe week or two that he was there, you know, he's got to get comfortable as well with his surroundings. But, but I think that having him in the middle of the order, and even if he's not getting, you know, huge hits or home runs, just the approach and the and the fighting and just in every at-bat that he gives, it just helps with those young guys. And like you said, you know, I've always said that hitting is like climbing a ladder, and, and, and as a team, it goes that way. And you see one guy fighting up there, it tends to have a uh, an effect on the others. This has been uh, fun to watch him move on, and obviously – Craig Timber gets off to one heck of a start. And we, we talked about it earlier. I'd go to Devin Williams pretty much all the time there, considering Pyomps was really struggling. Would I have liked to have given Devin a little more time? Sure, but sometimes the game doesn't dictate that. Uh, of course, the first game of September goes like this, where he has to make moves, and it's a chaos-filled game. But at the end of the day, the Cubs split their doubleheader with the Reds. So by the Brewers winning, they actually gain a half of a game. You're up three and a half with 28 to go. I, If I'm going to be greedy, right, if I'm going to be a Brewers fan, and I know I'm staring at those last three games of the year head-to-head with the Cubs, it would be wonderful to be up four heading into that last week because you don't want to have any opportunity for chaos to happen. No, I, I think the Brewers, and, and, and to be honest with you, if you're playing the games, you're just excited for the game. It was a, it was a Friday night, bulk 
full capacity crowd. I mean, just energy crowd uh, with the Phillies in town. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, it was a great game, and you know, players don't think that way. They really don't. They don't think. They don't say like, oh, you know, we're, we got 28 games to go. You know, they just play, take the games as they come. Because if you start looking too far ahead, that's when these six-game losing streaks come. This is a, a fun stretch of the season. It's only going to get more chaotic. And uh, a big win just to take game one of this series and uh, get ready to go. As we learned, it will be Colin Ray going tomorrow, a spot start for the injured Adrian Hauser. We've seen the good from Colin Ray. We've seen the struggle from Colin Ray. But, you know, maybe a guy that nibbles at the corners and keeps you off balance could certainly be a, a guy that keeps the, the Phillies, you know, guessing. Uh, I'm intrigued to see what Colin Ray can do. and There's a lot of folks already chalking up an L tomorrow. I don't think it's going to be a belly-up type day for Colin Ray. I'm excited to see him back in the big leagues tomorrow. Just give the Brewers a chance to win. Yeah, I don't really think that's fair either. I mean, uh, these guys are humans, and, and as far as team goes, I mean, that was a game with a lot of emotion, right? It looked like the Brewers had that one in hand, and then all of a sudden, you know, Turner hits the home run, and, and now Philly's up, and they're excited, and then the Brewers come back and forth. So, you know, they got the gut punch, and at the end, they weren't shaking hands and doing dancing on the field. So, you know, hopefully there's a little bit of a hangover effect to that tomorrow. And I look for Colin Ray to, to throw strikes and do what he does. All right. The dancing is fun. Jeff Cirillo here on WTMJ. Appreciate you, my friend. All right, Dom. Good talking to you. All right. We will take a breather. Come back. We'll hear from Tyrone Taylor as well. 855-616-1620. Stay with us. WTMJ. Brewers win 7-5 to in one of the more chaotic games of the year. I'm Dom Catronio. Text here from Denison, Manitowoc. I know this is over, overly simplistic, but tonight's game enforces the fact that you cannot walk the first batter in inning and put the ball in play. Stuff happens. Appreciate the text there, Dennis. Yeah, you're right. I, this is Leadoff men get aboard and good things happen. In fact, the only two innings... The Brewers got a man a man aboard to lead off the inning. They scored a run, and it was the three-run homer in the fourth by Willie Adamas and, of course, the three-run error in the uh, eighth by Owen Miller and the bases loaded walk by Tyrone Taylor for all seven runs this game. The Brewers only had one other base runner aside from those innings. It was the two-out single in the first by Carlos Santana. So kudos to uh, the uh, Brewers for sticking it out, and kudos to Zach Wheeler. He was really tough to beat today. Uh, brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Let's hear from Tyrone Taylor here in just a moment. Trusting your family's comfort at home all year long with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. And for a limited time, Cider is waiving their $99 trip fees for HVAC service calls. Offers not valid on clean and tunes, weekends, or after hours, but waiving their $99 trip fee. Valid through September 15th. Go to seider.com. Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R.com. Here's Tyrone with Lane Grindle after the game today. House following this great win. And Tyrone, you get the call to come in and pinch hit for Sal in that eighth inning. Bases are loaded and one away. And um, just take me through kind of what your approach was at the plate. It was a really good battle that you ended up winning and drawing that bases loaded walk. Yeah, thanks, Lane. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, I was just trying to, I knew it was a big situation, so I was just trying to slow it down. Uh, focus on my breathing and just focus at the task at hand and uh i feel like i did a good job doing that and uh there was a good outcome and i'm glad to help the team win now take me through your dash around the bases because (laughs) first off i I think everybody a little surprised that ball gets through but i mean your read was the minute it was hit on the ground you were just 
you were just going as fast as you could, and you'd let the rest figure itself out later. Nobody was going to stop you at third base, it didn't seem like. Yeah, I was just trying to beat a, a throw to second base in the beginning, so uh, I didn't. I actually didn't even know it got by him until I got to second, and I noticed it and uh, was able to just keep on running there, and uh, Laner gave me the send, so uh, he was confident in me, and it gave me confidence, and lucky to slip in there. How did you get in there uh, on that, that slide? I mean, you got the left hand in right before the tag. I mean, he, it looked like he got you on the back eventually, but it looked like you got the left hand in right in front of it. it, it did he get you with that tag? Because the video we got was not that conclusive that he even got a tag on you. Yeah, I knew, I knew it was going to be close because I saw him getting ready to catch the ball as I was getting ready to slide, so I knew I had to... Slide head first in order to like sneak my hand in there. So because I knew if I slid feet first, I was just gonna slide right into him pretty much. So I tried to just do a little avoid with the hand, and uh, I knew I knew I was safe right right when it happened. So I just got super pumped. But then uh, when they reviewed it, the video was scaring me a little bit. Actually, I'm not gonna lie, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm thankful I got in there. Tyrone, 28 games remaining. That's still a lot of baseball, but. September 1, when, you, when the calendar flips to September, things start to feel a little bit different, and tonight felt a little bit different. Did you feel it at all? Uh, yeah, it was just, I mean, personally, I just try to treat every game the same, you know. Uh, I think we have a great squad. Uh, we're just going to go out there and do our thing, uh, be the be come to the field and uh, try to be our best selves, uh, each of us, and I think if we do that, it'll we'll come, we'll come away with a lot of wins, and um, I'm glad we got one tonight. It's a good start to, uh, to the series against a good team. Absolutely. Tyrone, we appreciate you giving us some time tonight. Congratulations. Great win. We'll see you again tomorrow. Thanks, man. Tyrone Taylor with us here following tonight's 7-5 to victory. That was uh, a fun moment with uh, Tyrone. Like, eh, I don't know if I got in there, but the, the video scaring him. That was awesome to score the third run of that frame. Want to get to the phone lines before we take a break and hear from Craig Council. Uh, Eric Fondelac, you are live here on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, Dom, how you doing, man? Hey, we're great. How about you? Good, good, good. Hey, it's been a while since we chatted. But, uh, hey, I uh, wanted to talk about Freddie. I mean, now now that Freddie's kind of had this second-half resurgence here, um, is he, he going to take over that ace role? I mean, you know, there's a potential that Corbin Burns is going to be Gone, you know, traded, and a lot of people are saying that maybe this off season. I, I don't want to say that. I don't want to jinx that. But like, what do, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I'm not even going to think about 2024 until the playoffs are settled. Right now, personally, uh, there's a reason the Brewers. I'll say this: there's a reason the Brewers signed him to the extension that they signed him to when they did it. They believed in him from the very beginning and the very early that this could be a possibility, that he could be. Remember, Brandon Woodruff is still under contract for next year, too, and Corbin Burns is still under contract. I'm not going to speculate on anything that's going to happen until this season ends, but to have those big three heading into the postseason, I'm fired up about it. Remember, Freddie's under team control through 2026. There's a lot of incentives. Uh, there's team options in there as well. Uh, it, it's a very team-friendly deal, to say the least, given the quality of pitcher that you've got out of him right now. And uh, I, I'm fired up to keep watching him pitch uh, with those other guys as long as they're here. But 
I'm not even going to touch that subject until the uh, the postseason is all done for and see how the Brewers stack things up heading into next season. Appreciate the call there, Eric. Catch up with you here soon, my friend. Uh, get to a quick break here. we got to hear from Craig Council. That's coming up on the other side of the ID and this break on WTMJ. Brewers win somehow, but they win. 75th victory of the season. Win number 690 in Craig Council's career. Here he is with the media after today's game, seven to five in the opener over the Phillies. Obviously, you, you know you want to hit, and um, but it's you know he he did it's some you know Owens a low strikeout guy, and so we put a ball in play and um, made him make a play, and they didn't make a play. How about the aggressiveness of did, did Jason send him on that one, Tyrone on that one coming around? Yeah. I mean, so so yeah. it was just. Incredible base running, incredible stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it was a good send for sure. That extra run's always a big deal um, for the for the pitcher out there. Um, and we just put together a big, a good inning. I mean, starting with starting with uh, Andrew leading off with a base hit, and then um, William with a two strike hit, nice piece of hit, and a couple walks in there, um, and just got the job done. Just how about the resilience of the team tonight? You know, it was the, the way the eighth inning flip flopped like that. I mean, it could have been very easy to cash it in. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, you know, it was a crazy game, and um, you know, we we we've pitched so well, we haven't had many games like that. Uh, those that kind of back and forth, but you're going to run into that in a baseball season. And, um, you know, we picked each other up tonight. Um, and then Devin came out and did a great job in the ninth inning. And I'm um, proud of Devin for, for coming out. And after a really long, long, you know, inning, um, he came out and had a really good inning. Yeah, I know Trevor was warm in there. Were, were you close at all on that? Yeah, we were just talking if it just, you know, if there was another pitching change by them or if the inning kept going, then then we were going to probably pull the plug on it. But um, so that's that's why we got Trevor going again. Peralta, I mean, gives up a home run and the first guy he faces is pretty much untouchable after that. Just Yeah, I mean, he, that's... That's what happened. <laughs> I mean, he, he was so, so good. I thought he just got in a rhythm, um, and it was like an effortless rhythm and a lot of execution, um, and the fastball was really good, and he had him kind of, you know, everything was working like we talked about before the game, and it, uh, it, it, made, that, it made it really tough on him. I think 10 strikeouts, so excellent, excellent effort. You knew going in uh, that Wheeler was going to be really tough. Yeah. He was, but it was that one inning that gave you guys. Some yeah, I mean, you know, you watch the first three innings, and and it looked like it was going to be a tough night to score. Um, but we got a couple guys on in the big hit, and sometimes against those great pitchers, that's you're going to get one shot at them. And when we got we got one shot at him, and Willie made it work there um, with the home run, and that's how it is sometimes against pitchers like that. I don't know if you are even paying attention or know about it, but did, did you see what happened in the Reds in the Cubs game at the end there? Reds came back and no idea. Off in the no, I have no idea. Second game, okay, so that no. I mean that's playing out in the background or just you know happens just before you guys wind up winning this. So it's just kind of a crazy start to the month of September all, all the way around. Um, yeah, I mean it was a crazy game here for sure. I mean it was uh, we haven't had one like that, but. Um, it, there's going to be different ways to win games and um you know it, it's not always the same and tonight we we did it a little differently but it's a win a win is a win to say the least and we'll relive it coming up next with some highlights here on wtmj ready for this Get up! 
This and this. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Game one of a three-game set with the Phillies. Good pitching matchup. Freddie Peralta, August's best pitcher, if you ask me. And Zach Wheeler, who's coming off of 10 Ks and no walks against the Angels. More on that in a moment. In fact, this game got going quick. Kyle Schwarber, a leadoff home run, his 28th of his career, his 8th of the season. 1-0 Phillies, but then Freddie Peralta would find his groove. We fast forward to the third inning. He only allowed a base, one other base runner to this point, and he was really finding it with the strikeout. 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Got him with a changeup. Turner frustrated. Freddie with three ortho ASAP strikeouts. In fact, he had a total of four strikeouts tonight on the changeup. Seven more whiffs on that, you know, some would say fourth best pitch of his. He has really developed it as of late. But the Brewers still trailing 1-0 against Zach Wheeler. They only had one hit against them heading into the fourth. An infield hit from William Contreras. A single through the right side from Carlos Santana. Then finally some loud contact. Sal Freelich. Hit a shot to deep center, but it was tracked down by Brandon Marsh on a really nice play. The next batter, Willie Adamas. On a Friday night here in Milwaukee. 0-1, this is hit well out to deep center. Marsh is back. Track, roll, gone! Adamas with a three-run shot, and the Brewers lead it 3-1. Number 22 on the season for Willie. In the blink of an eye, Zach Wheeler was dominating, and all of a sudden, the Brewers have flipped the scoreboard. Wheeler would finish six shutout, or three run innings, I should say, with no walks again and 10 strikeouts. But Freddie went six innings with 10 strikeouts, no walks, and only the home run and one other hit and base runner allowed. It was the first time since 2021 both starters had at least 10 strikeouts and no walks in a game. Things got shaky in the eighth inning, though. Yoel Piomps came on with the Brewers leading 3-1, to one, a leadoff walk to Alec Bohm. A single by JT Riamuto, an RBI single by Brandon Marsh, made it a one-run game with nobody out and runners on first and second. He got Kava to, uh, Jake Cave excuse me, to strike out swinging. Then it was Kyle Schwarber, and he popped out. So Trey Turner, the next batter. Devin Williams went in for the four-out save, but Turner went yard on a hanging changeup to make it flip the scoreboard in 5-3, to three, the Phillies leading. Then in the bottom of the eighth, more chaos. A leadoff single from Andrew Monasterio. Yelich reached on a fielder's choice, eliminating Monasterio. Contreras singled. Santana walked with the bases to load the bases. Tyrone Taylor came on with the bases loaded. He drew a walk. Willie Adama struck out, so it was all up to Owen Miller, who came off the bench the previous inning as a pinch hitter. The stage, it's 5-4 Phillies. Bases loaded, two outs. Miller at the plate. The stretch, the pitch. Bouncer hit to third and What a call from Bobby Uecker. Good to hear him here back on WTMJ. The Brewers would win 7-5 thanks to the error from Alec Bohm. We'll wrap up the program after this on WTMJ. If you're one of the folks that likes to sync up WTMJ with the TV. So tomorrow we are on Fox. It'll be Adam Amin, John Smoltz, and Ken Rosenthal in the house. But, of course, you've got Bob and Lane right here on WTMJ. Then on Sunday... It'll be on Peacock, 
and that's the streaming only, of course, of NBC Universal. So different start times. Tomorrow, 6.15 first pitch because of Fox, and then on Sunday, a 12.05 first pitch because of Peacock. And in case you missed it a moment ago, uh, Colin Ray will be starting tomorrow. He is in the spot for Adrian Hauser. Some folks are wondering, why not Robert Gasser? Uh, I'll explain it more in depth on Brewers' warm-up tomorrow. That starts at 5 o'clock, but the main reason has to be the fact that this is probably just going to be a two-start stint, and then you go right back down in the minor leagues. I think they want Robert Gasser to be up here and to stick around. Uh, he'll be countered by Aaron Nola, who has been just as great uh, as Zach Wheeler has been. Another tall test tomorrow as the Brewers try to win the series. Then on Sunday, it'll be against the lefty Ranger Suarez for the Brewers' lefty Wade Miley. Then they hit the road for Pittsburgh and New York, a quick uh, six-game road trip. That's going to do it for us here tonight from American Family Field. Brewers win 7-5. My thanks to Tommy Wirtz, our producer, and for Jeff Cirillo for joining us. I'm Dom Catronio. Back tomorrow at 5 o'clock with Brewers warm-up. Until then, keep on swinging.